We're going to go back today into the book of Philippians, um, chapter 4. I'm going to be reading verses 4 through 9. But I want you to realize that the, the church in Philippi was founded by Paul. That Paul had uh, gone there, and Philippi was a very strategic um, merchant route. It was a crossroad, and that Paul realized if he could plant a church there in Philippi, that that would cause the gospel to spread into much, many more regions. So when Paul got there to Philippi, there was not even a synagogue in in Philippi, so that he had to go down to the river, and we find that he met these ladies there. So if you think that ladies aren't crucial to the church uh, your doctrine's way off because here he with a few ladies was able to begin to establish a great church there in Philippi but this church had grown phenomenally through the power of the Holy Spirit but he realized that you know there is no church that doesn't have issues that need to be resolved. How many know they're in your life? There are issues that need to be resolved. And so what we find here in Philippians chapter 4, and it begins with the first verse, it says, therefore, now if you want to know what it's there for, you need to go back and read Philippians chapter 3, which I'm not going to get into this morning. Therefore, my beloved brethren, or, or brethren, uh, dearly beloved, and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodio, and and uh, it's it's Y O O as Yodio. I I looked it up. Uh, not a name that ladies have today, probably. And and uh, so two K, and I knew I'd mess it up. I'm not much on on the, uh, the Hebrew names or should I say the Greek names he said I beseech you that ye be of the same mind in the Lord what we find here is number one these are two ladies and he goes on to explain that here he said and I entreat thee also true yoke folk uh, uh, yoke fellow help those women which labor with me in the gospel with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And what's happening here now is we have two ladies that have some sort of a disagreement. Some, in some way, they were not of the same mind. And what he was instructing them to do is to pray for them and to help them that they might be of the same mind. How many know it's important to be of the same mind? Not only to have a right mind but to be of the same mind. In other words, who can bring us all into the same mind is only the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've got to realize when Jesus chose the 12 disciples, some of them, uh, uh, one in particular was a malefactor. He was anti, uh, it almost like a Trump guy and a Biden guy in the same group. And how in the world did he get tax collectors to walk with, with these malefactors or these people that were anti-Roman government 
to walk together. You see, that's the miracle of the Holy Spirit, is that he can bring us into one mind. He can bring us into a place where our mind is fixed upon him. Amen? How many know there's a government yet to come, and it's a theocracy where Jesus will sit on the throne of David, and for a thousand years he will reign, and they that are obedient, and they that will will uh, be faithful to him, they shall reign with him as well. Isn't that wonderful? In the meantime, we have an imperfect government, don't we? Why is it imperfect? Because humans are involved. I think of the uh, chief of police back in New York, uh, back when uh, one uh, Giuliani was the mayor of New York, and the police department was so corrupt and he had made it his point in which to straighten out the New York Police Department, which he did wonderfully. Uh, but they asked the police chief, they said, what is the greatest regret you have about the New York Police Department? And this is what he said. He said that we have to use humans because he said humans are corruptible. But how many know that God loves us? He knows we're corruptible. He knows we can be moody. He knows all kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you what. He loves you. He's committed to you. And what we need to say is, Lord, help me to be committed as well. Yeah, there's going to be problems. We find it with these two ladies. But the fact of it is, is that they would seek to be of the same mind. Oh, Lord God, we need to be of one mind in you. He said, and I entreat, and I entreat thee, this is verse 3 of, of uh, Philippians 4, he said, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women uh, which labor with me in the gospel. We find here that God had founded this Philippian church upon women. That these women were faithful to him. Now we know that it grew phenomenally and, and hopefully men would come. I think every woman wishes her husband could be a leader. I really do. I really believe that every woman who's honest wants a husband that's a leader. And I'm sure these women wanted a leader. This church here was, was started in 1956 by two ladies. Do you believe that? It was started in a storefront down on Lisbon Street. And they had meetings, and, and they got together, and, and then they found a man that, that, could, that could be a pastor. This land was donated by someone, and, and they built the tabernacle here over the next six years. And building Brother Wayne would be a part of that uh, way, way back then. He, he was here uh, when they had just the basement built this, built the, the, the roof, and did all those things. But you see, it has to begin somewhere. So if you're a lady today, don't despise the fact that you're a lady. Know this one thing, God can move through you. In fact, the Bible says that in the spirit, there is neither male nor female. How many know when we're in the spirit of the Lord, that the Holy Ghost can speak through male, and he can speak through female? And I'm going to tell you what, whoever he speaks through, it's the same Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, there are people who would, would hinder uh, their own faith because they look at their weaknesses rather than the strengths of the Lord. We need to say, Lord, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ 
my Lord. He goes on to say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know what rejoicing is? It's a frame of mind. It is to say, I'm going to praise the Lord. You know, the devil, you come into the church and the devil begins to tell you, show you everything you did wrong. Maybe you hollered at the cat. I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you, you just had something. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy's, his whole plan is to try to make you feel your humanness. We need to come in with the right mind. And that is the mind of Christ. I, I am going to rejoice in the Lord my God. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto the Lord. Well, I, want to, I don't want to read any further right now. I want to say this. In Hebrews 4.12, it said, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. We spoke about that last week. It is only the word of God that can divide what is of God and what isn't. You know, we can sit there and try to examine our own heart, but the Bible says, and we said it earlier, David said, Search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him. It is the word of God that will discern what is right or wrong. In your intellect, you can begin to, to mull over something and say, Well, you know... Um, that, that doesn't seem bad. But the Bible said there's a, there's a way that seems right to a man, but that way will lead that person into bondage. Lord God, protect me from my own evil thoughts. Protect me, Lord God, from the things that hinder what you want to do in my life. Let me proclaim the word of God in my heart. In Mark 7, 20, it said, And he said, that which cometh out of a man, uh, it, uh, he said, that which cometh out of a man that defileth a man, for within, uh, for, for from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders, theft, covetousness, weakness, uh, wickedness, should I say, deceitful, uh, and lasciviousness, uh, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defileth the man. No one commits these outward sins without first having committed them in his mind. You see what the mind can do if we allow it to, to, to just uh, flow um, in its own way. We need to discipline the mind that God has so graciously given us. We talked last week about the fact that uh, how m amazing the mind is. I'll get hold. But the mind is an amazing thing. It's an energy. Who can understand it? Who knows what consciousness is? It is a gift of God. And it is something that distinguishes me from the animal race. Is that I can think. See, I have a little dog. And you know what? He does just what he does. Uh, he doesn't have any thought about it. He's on impulse. Uh, but, you know, God gave us something more than that. He gave us a mind so that we can uh, use it in a wonderful and a mighty way. In Romans 12, 2, it says, 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How can we know the word? Of, how can we know God unless we know His word? Because in the beginning was the word. The word is with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We can know Him. And if you say, "Well, I want to know Him," then read His word to know Him. Study to show thyself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what that word "dividing" means? It's kind of a biology word. What it means to is to uh, open it up and examine it. You see, the word of God is kind of like a nut in a nutshell. And, and we can open that up. There's so much there if we'd let the Holy Spirit guide us with the word of God. You see, maybe in the seventh grade in, in biology class, you saw how they dissected a frog, maybe. Well, the way to do that is, yes, I see there's a frog, but inside of that frog, there's organs. Inside of that frog, there's so much more. So when you just say, well, I read the word, did you dissect it? In other words, did you say, Lord, I'm going to try to wrap my head around it. Maybe I'm going to go get a bunch of, of um, uh, commentaries and, and begin to think, how do they see it? How do they think it? And, and, and begin to really exhaust the Word of God. To really examine the Word of God. What is the Word of God saying to my heart? I'm going to tell you this right now. You, if, if you study the Word and you study it diligently, you know what you're going to find out? How little you know. And how great and wonderful He is. What a wonderful Word. You know, someone said, well, I read the Word, you know, uh, uh, last year, I, or I did that. I want you to know something right now. God, the Word is so deep. And, and you can go to the Word and say, Lord, God, how is that speaking to me? What? Lord, how can I, I wrap my, my head around that? I, I have, um, and I've given out to many people, um, our Bible program that you can, it's a King James, oh, well, it's got many different versions you can choose to read. And, and it's a wonderful program. If you don't have one, ask me for one, and I'll give it to you freely. But there's a place in that where you can actually write your own notes. You know, it's good to write notes about the Word of God because you know what? You'll go back and read it, and we build upon that. But how many know every foundation begins with a footer? In other words, you have to have a footer. The footer is always wider, and, 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 and it's very thick, and it's what the wall sits upon. So we have to develop in our own mind by studying the Word of God a, a, a something that will support the rest of the building. And what did the Bible say in Hebrews 6? He said, not laying again the foundation. What is he saying? Lay the foundation, but don't just stay there. Build upon it. And, and so many people, they, they get a word from God, they, they, they build on that word, and they never move away from that. How many know there's so much more? I want to know him. I want to grow in him. I want to be blessed in him. Hallelujah. Now I'll tell you this right now. God is saying, come, all ye that are thirst." come 
and I will quench that thirst. He said to the woman at the well, he said, if you drink of this water, of the well that Jacob had dug, he said, you shall thirst, and you'll thirst again. But if you shall drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never thirst. What is that water? The water is the word. God. Hallelujah. We, we need to be in love with the very word of God. Amen. In Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, it says uh, that put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So what does it mean to put it off? It means to deliberately set it aside. It means to deliberately to say, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I want what God wants. You see, I know when I was saved as a young man, I couldn't wait to go to my friends and tell them what happened. My best friend, Ken, I told him about it, and he said, good knowing you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going that journey with you. Um, you know, and, and, and you, you get things like that. But the thing of it is to put on the carnal thinking and the carnal ways and to put on the, the life of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4.20, uh, let's go. Uh, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Remember we talked about putting a girdle on it. Well, what's a girdle good for? Amen. What, what, a girdle is good for something that's flabby, and you don't want it shown. So what you do is you take that heavy elastic, uh, you know, and, 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 and you pull that around, whether it's the loins or whatever it is that you want, to kind of hold in. That's what it means. Well, the Bible says the mind can be flabby like that. The mind can just kind of hang out. But he said, I want you to do something. I want you to put a girdle on it. I want you to gird up the loins. Now, what are loins? Loins are the muscle. So, in other words, the muscle of the mind. How many know your mind has a muscle, whether you know it or not? But he said, gird up the loins of your mind. Why did they gird up the loins? Because it would give them more strength. When I was in the military, we would issue two sets of boots. Now, the reason why we were given two sets, because they learned in Vietnam that jungle rot uh, caused a lot of people problems. So they realized they needed two sets of boots and that you'd need to rotate them continually. But the boot was laced up pretty much halfway to the knee up here. And it was laced up tight. Why? Because it gave support to the ankle so that the ankle wouldn't be broken so easily when you're on uneven ground. See, that's support. Well, that's what God said. He said that we need to support our minds with that which is righteous and that which is holy. In 2 Corinthians uh, 10.5 says, Casting down every high thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Isn't that something? Wow! What discipline God is calling us to. 
Now, we talked last week about the mind and how powerful it can be and how that Peter at the beautiful gate fixed his eyes upon a man who could not walk and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Before you'll ever get to that place, you've got to come to the place where you've learned to cast down every carnal thought. You know what Jesus said? You talk about discipline. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine own words, but that the words that came from my Father above. Wow. I mean, that is what God is calling us to, is a life of discipline. A life to where we would bring our mind into relation with the knowledge of God. And he said, bring into captivity captivity every thought of the obedience of Christ. Think about captivity for a minute. What does that mean? Maybe you, you found some uh, uh, people that you're fighting and you've got a gun on them and, and you're holding them and saying, you aren't going anywhere. I'm going to lock you up in a prison. Well, that's what it means. It really means to, 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 to hold them in captivity. To hold that thought. Because I have thoughts that are contrary to God's word. We all do. We all have thoughts that are contrary to God. But what do we do with those thoughts? He said, hold them hostage. Don't let them reign. Run them by the, the, the knowledge of God's word. And if it doesn't, if, it doesn't, uh, uh, if it doesn't make it through that test, then cast it out in the name of Jesus. You ever cast out your own thoughts? I've done that. I've said, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name over a thought that came on me. Maybe it was a thought that, that was, uh, you know, that, uh, God, I, I, I don't see how I'm ever going to make it. Or I don't know this or that. How many know that can be contrary to God's word? I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In, Prover in Proverbs 23, 7, it is clear, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Wow. What does that mean? What it means is that if you think you're a failure, then you're, you're a failure. But if you think you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, your Lord, and how do you think that through the Word of God and what God's Word says about you? Amen? And that's what we have to realize. Lord Jesus you are the one. And, Father, as I hold this word, I hide it in my heart that I might live a productive and powerful life through you. We look at watch your, watch your thoughts because they do become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, they become your destiny. Notice that your, our destiny in life is to a large extent determined by our thoughts. It's true. I've gone down on Lisbon, I remember some years ago, and there was a man there, and he was uh, uh, an alcoholic and homeless. And I got talking with him, and he was a professor at Bates College, but he had lost all that. In other words, you know, you can achieve great things, but if your mind doesn't change with your achievements, you know what? You'll sabotage those achievements. 
Here's a man that had a, who, who was able with the, with the brain to, to, to understand whatever it was that he taught, but now he's living in a dumpster. Now he's, he, he, he's gone down to such depths. Why? There's only one thing that could bring him there, and that is his own way of thinking. Lord God, I pray that my mind would be more than, uh, be, be, that I would be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We must learn to rejoice. Do you know rejoice is not something that comes... Uh, you know, if it if it comes out of out of uh, how do I want to put that out of an emotion? You know, how many know your emotions are fickle? We can't trust our emotions, but we can say, "I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in Him. I'm going to thank God for all that He has done in my life." And that's the thing that we need to understand: is that God wants to work in. And through us. Jeremiah 31 3 says, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, loving kindness have I, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Don't you realize how much God loves us? You see, when you realize that, it's gonna it's gonna put to rest a lot of anxiety. Because the thing we realize is that 80% of Americans today are on some sort of anxiety medication. And what creates anxiety is, is, is uh, anxiety be, is created because of an uncertain future. I'm not sure how my job's going to go. I don't know how my kids are going to do it. I don't know. Uh, and you know what that does? It creates anxiety. In but we need to trust the Lord. I put my trust in you, Lord. I know, Lord God, that, that even though I may face insurmountable uh, uh, problems, I know that you're the author and the finisher of my salvation. I'm going to rest in you. How many can believe God enough to rest, even in hard situations? I think of Rick Renner, and one of the things he said, uh, uh, just as this war, before it broke out, there was a lot of uh, anti-Americanism. Uh, going on, you know, and, and he was in the crossfire of it. And he had one organization within the government that wanted to throw him out of the country and another that said they wanted to, to keep him in the country. You know, he went through a lot of anxiety. He said for five months, he said, I couldn't even leave my house. I was afraid I'd be arrested. But he said, you know, I had to give that to the Lord. And I watched the God, Lord begin to work. He said he could have been given to all kinds of anxiety over the situation. But you see, when you rest in the Lord, I think of, I think of, uh, of Timothy in 2 Timothy, when they begun to, to uh, kill the Christians because uh, it was, they were blamed for the fire that happened, uh, that the leader of uh, the Caesar of, of Rome, actually burnt it himself but then they blamed it on the Christians and all of a sudden persecution like never before had hit the church 
and and Timothy is is uh, he's beside himself because people who he thought were faithful were running away. Now there's something that comes when persecution comes. You know, I pray the Lord will make me strong during all that time. But Timothy's really hurting. Now the thing is, is Paul is already in prison and has already been sentenced to death. So he's waiting day by day to when they're going to kill him. And then he gets a letter from Timothy. And he, Timothy said, help me. I, I, I'm, I'm living in anxiety, all this. Can you imagine? Here, here's the guy that's about to die. You ever feel like that as a parent, maybe? I don't, I don't know. And, 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 and you're realizing that it's up to you. Uh, and Paul wrote him and encouraged him. He said, remember your grandmother. Remember your mother and their faith. I want you to know something, Timothy. You can do this. You can make it. You see, the thing we have to realize is no matter what our circumstances are, if the Word of God lives in us, amen, He can bring comfort to our lives. He, he can bring, out of our bowels will flow rivers of living water. Even when we don't understand our own circumstance, but we give it to the Lord. You know, when we pray this, Lord, I am born of you. I belong to you. I am here for your purpose. I'm here for your enjoyment. You do with me as you will, Lord, but help me that I may be faithful to you until the end. The Bible said, He that endureth unto the end, the same will be chosen. And what does that mean? What, what does it mean by endurance? Did it say skip to the loo, uh, you know, and we're going to all be uh, happy? No, he said, They that endure. There's a lot of things in this world we endure. There's a lot of stuff around us. That, this world is going crazy. You ever notice? The Bible says, professing to be wise, they become fools. They don't even know what a woman and a man is. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. <laughs> what we realize is that we're living in a crazy world. We're living around, uh, it seems like, insanity. We're seeing kids begin to shoot people. When I was in school, I've never heard of a school shooting. I remember going rabbit hunting and having my shotgun and going out to the store to buy a Pepsi with my gun. There was no, no big deal about that. But today, what do we have? We have violence. Didn't the Bible say in the last days there'll be violence? People's minds would begin to, 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 to war. But how much more should we keep our minds sound and sane in the Lord? To be like David and to be able to go out on that battlefield. And I'll tell you right now, that's a mind exercise that happens when you're still a shepherd. It happens when you're still in the field. It happens before you have any position at all. It is something where I've made up my mind and I am determined. I'm going to serve the Lord through thick and thin, through whatever it is that I might, uh, that may be around me. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. In Psalms 27 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. His works, uh, he works out all things for our ultimate good. 
and for his glory. You see, some of the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You see, that's a discipline. When I joined the military, I didn't know anything. I can remember uh, one of the big problems I was going to have is that I couldn't touch my toes with my legs straight. I I mean that. It it tormented me. And I remember after I was sworn in, because I didn't want to get, I wanted to go really bad. And so once I was sworn in, I made a confession. And the confession was, I I didn't tell you this before, but I can't touch my toes with my legs straight. And a big grin come on his face. He said, oh, we'll fix that. (laughs) Did they ever? But what we we realize, and this is so easy to to see our our limitations, but what we realize is there's a discipline. And the first week in military, we had to go through what we called... uh, we had to be entered entered into, get a duffel bag and spray the paint on the, you know, your social and all the different things and learn some of the basic marches, you know, and kind of hang around, play cards, you know, get all kinds of shots and get sick. Uh, you know, that, that week of orientation was, was, was a week. And, and you got to know everybody, didn't you, Wayne? You knew people. But that, you got your hair cut, you didn't know anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those big afros were gone and, and, and all that. But what we realized in this is that it was the beginning of a discipline. How many know that God is a drill sergeant in some times? Amen. I remember I had a drill sergeant. I don't mean to get on about my military experience, but I had a drill sergeant that he, he picked on me constantly. And, and you've probably heard the story before, but I was told by my, my recruiter, no ever let the drill sergeant remember your last name just be incognito just hide in the crowd and I figured Bomier is a pretty tough name if you don't know it so I'm probably safe and he looked at me in the rush and he goes up but 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 Frenchie (laughs) now my name is Frenchie what does that mean he knows my name and every time for a traffic guard, if you remember that, when you had to break out of line and go up and stop traffic for them to run by and then run back and get into position, it was always Frenchie that did that. And, and what you realize in that is that he was so tough on me. And after we were graduating uh, from uh, boot camp, he came up to me right in my face. He says, Frenchie said, you probably don't think I like you much, do you? And I says, no, <laughs> I, I don't think you like me much. And he looked at me and said, let me tell you something. I took favor on you. Favor? He said, you know, he said, I had a friend. We went to Vietnam together. He was built like you because I was a little portly. And he said, now I want you to know something. He said, we were going up. We were under heavy gunfire, and we had to get over a, over a hill. And he said, and because he was heavier, he was slower, and that machine gun fire cut him right in half. And he said, I vowed that I'd do everything in my power to keep that from ever happening again. And he said, the truth is, I've took favor with you. Because I know what war is. And I don't want to see you laying on that battlefield. I want to see you in victory. You see, sometimes we think God 
doesn't like us much. He puts us through things. So sometimes we feel like we've been picked on by God. Why is it always me, God? When God is saying, because I've taken favor with you, and I know there's a better life for you, and I know there's a better way for you, and I've taken an interest in helping you to get through. In Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, God is saying to us that he'll never leave us nor forsake. Let me read that again. Let your conversation be without covetousness. What is covetousness? How come he gets that boat and I didn't? How come he, you know, how come that one gets, you know, they, they get so much. How come their life is so blessed and look at me? That's what covetousness is. Covetousness is to look at the grass on the other side and think that it is greener. I'm going to tell you something that's not. Number one is to be content with such things as you have. And when we're content, you know something? When you're content, what a wonderful thing that is. Imagine going to a marooned island. God's been there five years. Uh, he'd been stuck because his boat sunk. And you get there and he's just singing, thank you, Lord, and, and going through. Why? Because of his mind, he's made the best of what he has. Thank you, Lord, for the coconuts. They hit me once in a while, but I'm careful. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, you know what I'm saying. Can't we thank God for something? That's what it means to be thankful. In Romans 8, 37 says, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're more than conquerors. Are you more than a conqueror today? You see, that's their frame of mind. What do you choose to be today? You know, who, who, who do you choose to be today? Am I what God says that I am? Am I willing to take and proclaim that through the power of the word? In 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction. Well, God, maybe you're not looking. Light affliction? That's what he said, though. He says, for our light affliction. Now, who wrote that? Paul wrote it. You know, he was beaten more than any other man other than Jesus himself. They had a lower amount of a basket because they wanted to kill him. How would you feel if you came to preach in a church and, and they come up whispering to you and say, hey, I got a way out here. They're going to kill you if you get down there. <laughs> I've actually almost had that happen once. I wouldn't go on a North Rabbit Trail, but <laughs> well, God's good. But the fact of it is, is that Paul was rejected. He was scorned. He, they, he, they said, "You're very, you're mad," you know, for 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 believing these things. So much that Paul went through. But yet he said, "I call them light afflictions." 
He said, for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment. Now, what does that mean? You said, well, you know what? I've had this affliction for 40 years. In, in eternity, that's a moment. <laughs> in eternity, hallelujah. What are you looking at today? The thief on the cross. Now one mocked him. The other somehow miraculously looked through the keyhole of eternity and he saw the kingdom of God. And he cried out and said, Jesus, remember me. He didn't say, okay, you, won't, you don't have to die now. I'm going to take you off the cross and I'm going to fix everything and you, 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 your mama's going to be glad to have her son back and all. He didn't say that. He said, this day shall you be with me in paradise. In other words, you know something, pal, you're going to die. But the fact of it is, because you called upon me, you're going to live for eternal, eternity with me. Isn't that wonderful? You know, some people believe, if God's going to answer my prayer, He's going to take me out of the situation. No, the Bible says He may bring you through the situation. We have to be willing to be faithful to the Lord. I think of patience. Me and uh, myself and, and Jeremy were talking a little bit about patience earlier. In Philippians 4, and five says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The word moderation literally means to be gentle, to be gracious, or to have a gracious spirit. It's epi I Kate. Oh, good enough. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a Greek word. Take my word for it. But what it means is to be gentle. You know, there's something about Christianity that sometimes they can make people into bullies. I'm going to tell you. You know what I mean? That's not the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is to be gentle, to be kind, to prefer others over yourself, to have a good ear to hear what they're saying rather than to quickly jump in with the scripture. Because that's easy to do. We can all become become uh, a scripture uh, you, you know I remember I was talking with um, Barbara and you know, she was going through a little something and all of a sudden I had eight scriptures I was going to send her and I, I, I told her that a few days later I said Barbara I was going to send these scriptures she said, I'm glad you didn't <laughs> I already had enough scriptures <laughs> to deal with you know sometimes we think I've just got to take a scripture and, and, and hit that. When, when, and sometimes when people, we go to somebody with an issue, we really aren't asking for an answer. We just want an ear that will hear. And that's what it means to be gentle. To realize that sometimes people just need to talk. Let me tell you this. No good counselor worth their weight in salt has an answer for anybody. Say it again. No good counselor worth their weight in salt has an answer for anybody. What they do is they listen. And they may ask you a question that will again begin to 
to refocus you. But the answer has to come from within if it's going to have any meaning at all. And, and very often when people are asking questions, it's because their mind is at work. It's looking over Scripture. It's trying to compare themselves with Scripture. They already know uh, that the things in their life that aren't right. They don't need to be reminded all the time. And that's where we have to be gentle. And that's a place where patience comes in to our lives is that we become patient with people. Knowing this one thing, how many know the Holy Spirit's able to do what you can't do? Sometime in our children, we want to jump in and, and bring correction. And many times when we do that, guess what happens? We, we create a problem rather than to fix the problem when we have to give it to the Lord. The Bible said in Philippians, uh, it says, let, and, and verse 3, it says, it said, let nothing be done in strife in vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. Wow. Let everything be done. And I've got so much here. I, I, I won't be able to finish it this week, but I do want you to understand something. There is a mind that will separate you from your weaknesses. It'll separate you. You can overcome the issues of your life. Whether they be secret things or whether they be obvious things. The thing to do is say, Lord God, I surrender it to you. I know, Lord God, you can do what I cannot do. And Father, I struggle. You see, as long as you're struggling with it and you're conscious about God and his fix... God can do in you. But I hear, I, I've, I've seen people come to a place where they just say, well, you know, that's just who I am. That's a tragic place to come to. I know that God can do the work in me. I know, Lord Jesus, that you can fix the brokenness of my mind. You can do it, all things and I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. You see, that's the struggle. We need to continue to believe. We need to continue to keep our eyes upon Jesus. And the devil so often wants to get us distracted into uh, something other than that. Amen. But I just want to want to let you know here, and, and, and I'm not going to be able to come to an end on this, but I want you to know something. God's given us something extraordinary. He's given us a mind. Isn't that wonderful? He's given us a mind. But he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what he means by that is that we would be willing to allow the word of God to have precedence over everything we think. He said to bring into captivity every thought every thought to bring it into captivity. And you know something? That's a discipline. And God said, if you will begin to practice that discipline, if you'll begin to believe, he said, I want you to know something. You will achieve what you believe. Isn't that wonderful? All things are possible. We only need to believe it. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love and praise and exalt you. We thank you for your, your goodness and mercy, for you are the Lord of lords. You are the Christ. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Father, that as we open our hearts to allow your examination, Father, Lord, the things that are uncommonly or the things that aren't the way you'd like them to be, that we surrender them and submit them to you. Lord, that we may have the mind of Christ, that we would fix our minds upon the word of God and let the word of God transform our way of thinking into something that is according to your will, Lord. Father, you said that as a man thinketh, so is he. Lord God, so many people... Lord, they hinder their own lives with thinking that is not correct or thinking that is wrong. Maybe it's something from their childhood. Maybe it's something that somebody's been repeating. But God, the thing of it is, is we need to look at your word and remember that your word also repeats. And it says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us, Lord God, to defeat the, the, the Goliath of our lives in our mind. And then when we face him on the battlefield, we've already won. Help us, Lord God, to be renewed, transformed into the image and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. With the mind of Christ, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.